Well, I'm so excited that you're here to join me for Voice of Breakthrough, this podcast. Podcast. So we are going to hit some powerful topics. Every single week, we will be having a new podcast with a new topic. So get ready. I'm telling you, this is great to exercise to. This is powerful to uh, listen to when you're cleaning your house or cooking that dinner or cutting the grass, which you could turn up loud on your, you know, your, your little iPhone or whatever you have there. Anyway, you're going to love this powerful, life-changing, every single week podcast of Voice of Breakthrough. Let's talk about visions. I don't know for how long I'm going to teach out of Ezekiel because it's 40 chapters, but we'll just see what happens. But tonight, let's just go over a little. I'm going to go fast through some of it. Ha ha, everybody goes, oh no, we've heard her fast before. All right. We look at Ezekiel 1.1. And here is Ezekiel. All of a sudden, the heavens open and he saw visions of God. Now, I don't see anything in here where he's trying to. Nobody's activated him. He's not learning it. He's not trying to make it happen. Can I hear an amen? Can I just tell you everything God's ever done in my life? He's just done it. I didn't plan any of it. I haven't planned a single, I didn't plan a single encounter. I didn't plan seeing him with my own eyes. I didn't plan any of it. I really believe a lot of the church has gotten into delusion. I really do. I really believe a lot of the church, there's, the fruit isn't there, the changed lives isn't there, and the love for Jesus Christ isn't there, and the heart to not touch his glory is way, way missing. And the amount of error that's being taught and understood. I was at a meeting one time when they were doing this activating stuff. Oh, I'm just going to have people so happy with me. But, and, and I liked the speaker, and I believed his testimony, and I really believed that he himself had had powerful encounters with God. I think something happened when he tried to then make everybody else have those encounters. And so we're in a room. I don't know if Karen was at this or not. And he had everybody close their eyes. And he told everybody, okay, we're in heaven now. And I'm like, no, we're not. We're... <laughs> I thought, dang, this doesn't look like heaven. <laughs> I saw it once with my eyes. And this isn't it, you guys. And by the time he kept talking to them, they were all, a lot of people were convinced they were in heaven. And, and I'm thinking, there, this is in heaven. And I'm thinking, and it felt yucky, just so you know. It just felt yucky. And I was like, these people just opened up their minds and spirits to delusion. And this person is not purposely trying to do that. He's just trying to, he's excited about what God did for him. And he's bought into this whole activation thing that everybody's trying to do. And now, how do you know God didn't tell him to do that? Because there's not a single scripture, not one of Paul doing that kind of thing. Now, let me say, if somebody there was only wanting the Holy Spirit, like they only wanted the Holy Spirit, they only wanted the Holy Spirit, they understood what that meant, they really knew, all I know is I only want the, you know the best place to be is a little bit fearful in a healthy way of the supernatural. Because then you're going to be like, I only want this if it's God. And I mean it. And then guess what? The devil can't bring a delusion. And you might really, really have some encounters. 
because this person could be very truthfully anointed to lay hands on people. Paul said he gave gifts by the laying on of hands. Amen? So if God's given that person that calling in that gift, you don't have to just have everybody light up who feels led of God to be there, who only want the Holy Spirit, lay hands on them and then leave it alone. If they got something, they did from God. If they didn't, they didn't. It's not up to us to try to, to take our giftings, callings and experiences and make them something people should go after. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Being right where he wants you to be. His kingdom. What does his word say? What's the heart of God? Enjoy the journey, you guys. We're on it forever. <laughs> Amen. We're on this journey forever. It's amazing. It's really mind-boggling when you think about it. It's pretty mind-boggling when you actually stop, which I, I was somewhere walking the other day. I may have been driving. I can't remember. But I just remember having these conversations with God. And I just said, God, I already know that you, you've always, I was driving down Colonial Parkway. I said, God, I, I, I know that you've always been. But it still makes my human mind go, but where did you come from? And it's obviously somewhere everything started that had to always be because no matter how far down you go, there have to go the next level and the next level and the next level. My mind can't comprehend that there's always been this powerful, gigantic, major, unbelievable being called God who's just always been. And, and nobody ever created him. But, but the truth is, it has to be because look at all of us. And if you believe the Big Bang, the big bang series or whatever they call it, <laughs> theory. <laughs> that was a TV show. All right. If you, if you take nothing, like, like you can take nothing and I don't care how long you look at nothing, it'll stay nothing. <laughs> it doesn't do anything. Now, when God spoke everything into being, I believe scientifically they really probably can tell when life on this planet started, when this planet came into being, because it was spoken into being by the word of God. So if you want to call that a big bang, call it what you want. Amen? Amen? So, so God is not limited by anything, especially our little tiny brains. He laughs at the people who think they are smarter than him. Which is a lot of these people, these elitist globalists, who actually think that they were supposed to take his place as they mock him and make fun of him. But I'm just saying, this, the whole thing, if human beings would just come down to our humanness and realize you can't explain this. I don't care what teacher you listen to. I don't care how much science you know. You will never be able to explain how there has always been God. He has no beginning and he has no ending. Just stop and think about it. That's amazing. So do y'all think things like this when you talk to God driving down the parkway. I'm like, Lord, Lord. Um, I said, but, but when you talk to God, even when you really are a friend to him, 
and you really have entered into a relationship with him like that, there's still this awe and this reverence. And if it isn't, something's wrong with your relationship with God. I wonder if it's with God. Because even when I'm saying to God, this little conversation, the whole time I'm like, I know, first of all, let me just say that I know that you are the I am and I totally get it, but I don't get it how it happened. But I know I will never get it, but I still, it's amazing. It's amazing. And so everything about knowing this powerful, always been there God comes by faith. Yes, God. No. <laughs> so here we have Ezekiel. <laughs> She's only on one one. But he's having his first encounter that I know of. I haven't checked. I just started reading this today. And the heavens opened and he saw visions of God. Now remember, not purposely, but last week sometime when I was teaching, the Lord showed us about um, Paul. And how humble he was about the visions God had given him. And so I just want to say, I can't find a single person in scripture who I know had real visions. Amen. They had real dreams from God, real visions from God. It wasn't false fire, as they say. It was real. Satan can counterfeit anything, people. How do you know when it's a counterfeit? Because it's a cheap imitation. It's a cheap imitation. It's going to get in your mind and make you think things are happening that aren't happening. Because your eyes are not on Jesus Christ. Your eyes are on you. Your eyes are on gifts. Your eyes are wanting to be somebody special. Your eyes get healed. Enjoy whatever God's doing when he's doing it. Walk with him. I also have to say I've never seen anyone in all the scriptures who had these kind of revelations and encounters who didn't go through some pretty tough trials. Why? Because they couldn't handle these kind of, Paul even tells you, he couldn't handle these kind of things because we get so prideful and puffed up. So I just have to say, I don't want anybody to try to have an encounter or anything else because somebody else has had one. I want you to get your eyes on Jesus and I want you to want all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies that he promises to you. Because one of the things we're going to have to do in a big way is Get the mess out of all the people in the church who've gone after the deep things of God without going after the God of the deep things. And all the people who wanted to make a name for themselves and a ministry for themselves and selfish ambition and sell books and have conferences. And I'm not saying that's all of them, but let's admit that's some of them that were more wanting the crowds they're wanting to know if these people were led there by the Holy Spirit are ready for what God, you know, what, what's happening. And if they're really um, connected to the headship of Jesus Christ. I think I've learned more than ever doing this ministry church kind of thing. That there's a real reason why God has a fivefold ministry. And there's a real reason why he wants you to go and be around people who know you who can love you and help you to mature and grow and not just take off with an independent spirit and run after whatever you want to run after so there's no accountability. And I hate the word accountability, so let me use a different word because that word's not in scripture. So there's no one who loves you enough 
to correct you, rebuke you, see what you need to see and help you to walk in freedom. I can't believe I'm saying this. This cracks me up. I would honestly say that there seems to be more confusion and false stuff in the prophetic church than real. Not with, not with the, not necessarily with the leadership, but because of the way it's just so many people can run after anything they want whenever they want. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit. I'm cool with that. Holy Spirit's taking me to all kinds of things. Amen? But God's going to still put you around real people who really know you and know the word and know God who can really help you get free from your independent spirit. Amen? He set it up that way. He even warned us in the last days, many will forsake the gathering together with the saints. In other words, many will quit coming to church. And if you can walk out the door the minute somebody questions in love what you're doing, where's the fruit, what's going on, and you're just out the door, well, I promise you there's other places you can go, especially if you tithe. <laughs> or st start a home church. Let's get four people together who will not be discipled in a real atmosphere of people in different levels of maturity who really only do what they're doing because God's told them to and, he, and he's put his love in them. Amen? And over time, for me anyway, he's helped me to love the people he brings. And he humbled you by your own immaturity as he's taking all of us through this process. And when you've been humbled by your own immaturity, once he shows it to you, then you're not the one judging and pointing fingers at others as we're all walking through this together. Amen. Right now, the church is at a place of walking through this together. And we are a mess. I mean, if it's, it would be, it would be, it would be sad or maybe almost funny if it wasn't that God knew we'd be a mess, he knew we'd be here at this hour. He knows what he's doing and he's getting everyone ready for a true outpouring of his spirit that's not going to come in its fullness till apostles are placed in position who have the heart of God and the anointing of God and the power that God has given apostles and the understanding of scripture. And God is actually getting us ready in this unbelievable shaking. But people have to wake up and go there to get ready for what he's about to do. Amen? And I always ask, Lord, how are you going to do this? Especially Americans, they want to do whatever they want, whenever they want, however they want. And they, there's such little fear of you. So we need to begin to pray for the fear of the Lord. And we need to begin to pray for the fear of the Lord to come to the leadership in the church. And then we need to pray for the fear of the Lord to saturate the people called Christians. Amen? When there's no fear of the Lord, there's no what? Wisdom. So we got a lot of unwise people running around doing whatever they want because there's no fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord seriously has you say, yes, sir. Ezekiel had the fear of the Lord. Jeremiah had the fear of the Lord. Paul had the fear of the Lord. Paul, had, Paul got it the hard way, right? <laughs> he gets struck blind. God himself, Jesus talks to him. Shows him he'd been persecuting him and killing Christians. 
Paul doesn't know how long he's going to be blind. Paul, he was blindsided, amen. <laughs> but God knew his heart. And he spent the rest of his life in love with Jesus, giving everything to Jesus and never boasting about himself anymore. Never boasting about what he had or what he could do. Amen. So in Ezekiel, we see here he is standing there. He tells you exactly when it was. He's with the exiles, which means they're the ones who've been thrown out. And the heavens have opened and he saw visions of God. He doesn't go on. He goes on. Then he says, the word of Adonai, which means the Lord, came to Ezekiel, the priest. And tells who his father is and all that thing. It says, and the hand of the Lord was upon him there. So here's Ezekiel. The heavens opens. He saw visions of God. So I would begin to cry out. If you really want to enter into all this that God has for us, how many would like to? I love it. I want to go deeper and deeper. So let's begin with asking for the fear of the Lord. Lord, I want the fear of you. I want to reverence you. I want to do what you want me to do when you want me to do it, how you want me to do it. God, I want to know you more than anything else. I just want to know you and I want to obey you. And God, I know that I'm just in process of growing in you, but I want, I want to fear you. I want to fear you in the proper way. The fear of the Lord is to be afraid, just so you know. Everybody, well, it's not like that kind of fear. No, I think being fearful would be a good thing. Read Ezekiel if you don't think so. Read the book of Revelations. Those people needed to be afraid. Amen? These people who are mocking them, people who are swearing on the Bible when they know that Satan comes to kill, still, kill, still, and destroy. And then you would put your hand on a Bible. Some people a double Bible. Whew. Talk about no fear of the Lord. Thank God, aren't you glad he's merciful? He is so merciful. He, he, he's amazing, his mercy. Whew. So, the hand of the Lord then came on him. So here's the other thing. Say, Lord, I, I want the hand of the Lord to be on my life. I want the hand of the Lord to be on my life. I want him to take me in whatever direction he wants. I want his power to be on my life. I want his favor to be on my life. I want everything he has on my life. Amen. I want to just die to self. I want to let go of everything else. Just people crucify that, crucify your flesh that hangs on to lies that keeps God from being your everything. Get rid of the lie, but you're the exception. Jesus Christ had no exceptions when he died on that cross. All right. I looked and behold, a storm wind came from the north. A great cloud was flashing fire and brightness all around it. And something like a glowing um, flame was out of the fire. From within it came the likeness of four living creatures. This was their appearance. They had a likeness. I'm not, I'm not going to go into details on this. You can go find teaching on it. You can study it because it would take a long time. I just want you to see how his vision was. Okay. He's now telling us what his vision was. Now he really saw heaven. And I'm not saying other people haven't or aren't. I'm just saying this. I want to see what the Bible says, what it's like to see heaven. Amen. It doesn't mean it can't be different things for, I don't know. I just always, always, always. Ooh, if we would get the plumb line of God, if we would understand, let me study this according to God's word first. 
before I run here and there and everywhere and listen to all this into your stuff. God, show me in your word what it's like. Okay? Because it's just hard for me to believe that God is giving such a cheap imitation in this day and hour. You want to see what he shows us about heaven? Read the book of Revelations. See what it really looks like. Amen? Really see. See what it says. I'm not saying there's not a lot of other revelations. I know sincere people who really, I believe people have so much fruit in their life, like Heidi Baker and different ones have really been there. A lot of people have seen a lot of the same things. I'm not saying to discount those. I am saying if you want to enter into the maturity to number one, listen to that kind of teaching. And number two, to ask God for those things. Don't you think you should study everything the word of God has to say about it? Right? If you're too lazy to do that, you're really too immature to go after the deeper things of God. Because if I study his word and what he says about it, then I'm going to have a reverence for him. I'm going to have a reverent fear. And I'm going to want my experiences to be validated by what the word of God says. Amen? So he talks about, it's pretty wild there, four living creatures, their parents... Look like a human, but they had four faces and they had four wings or legs. Their legs were straight and the soles of their feet were like the hoof of a calf. <laughs> they sparkled like the color of bronze. They had human hands under their wings on four sides. The four of them had faces and wings. Their wings touched one another. They did not turn when they moved. One could move in one direction of any of its faces. As for the form of their faces, one was a human face. One was the face of a lion. What was the face of an ox? Later you'll see that's called the face of a cherubim. And I asked the Lord, well, why does it say both? Because I looked it up in the King James and the Concordance. And the only thing that I believe is an ox is a word. An ox is an animal that you think of a servant. And angels are servants of the Most High. And then a face of the eagle. So if you were going to get prophetic, you would say, okay, Lord, this is about the servant heart. And then if you look later and you see, it says it's an angel and angelic beings to serve the saints. And Lord, this is also about eagle, which usually means prophetic um, because they go up so high and they see their prey and all the things about an eagle usually represents prophetic, which if you look at the symbol of the United States of America, we are to be a prophetic nation. Not pathetic, but prophetic. So we need to mature in understanding some of these things. Amen? We, we need to just hear what, what the word says and, and not just try to have every experience. I don't want a single experience that God does not want to give me. Amen? I only want the Holy Spirit. If I never have a wild supernatural experience, that's fine if that's what God has for my life. Amen? So many people are messed up, literally like not even sane. We've got to go in and clean up the body of Christ. We've got to go in and do major deliverance on many people in the body of Christ. You shall know them by their fruits. And then let me say this. There's a lot of people whose hearts were for God. They've gone through a lot of these teachings. They really got matured in it. They're really doing powerful things of God. Amen. Holy Spirit's really doing things. So I don't want to say, oh, none of it was real. Most of it was real. A lot of it I went through. A lot of other people really matured and grew. People like Stacey Campbell are powerful prophetic people who are very mature and wonderful families. So I'm not, same with Patricia King, just, so I'm not coming against the movement. Amen. 
I'm saying there is a lot of hurt people who ran after it and have been wounded in it because they never ever were grounded in love and they never ever got healed um, in the hurt areas of their lives so that the other part of the ministry besides prophets, the pastors, the teachers, the evangelists have not been able to pour into them because they're running every which way and getting, getting really hurt and delusioned. Amen? And I just want to say to anybody watching this anywhere, find a church. How do I find one? Well, how about ask the Holy Spirit to lead you? What an idea. The sons and daughters are led by the Holy Spirit. All right. So here we're looking at pretty wild. Such were their faces, their wings were spread out above them. Each creature had two wings touching the wings of another. Two were covering their bodies. Now each being could move in the direction of any of its faces. Wherever the spirit would go, they went without turning as they went. As for the form of the living creatures, their appearance was like burning coals of fire resembling torches moving between the living creatures. There was brightness to the fire. Lightning went forth from the fire. The living creatures were running back and forth like flashes of lightning. As I looked at the living creatures, behold, one wheel was on the ground next to the other. And, we, and I know um, Joanne McFadder had some really good songs where she, she did these songs that were so anointed about these living creatures. And I'm not trying to do a teaching on the living creatures tonight. Amen. Number one. I don't think that's something I'm called to teach, at least not right now. I've, I've studied it before. I've probably taught a little bit before. What God wants you to see is how powerful this encounter was. When the heavens opened for Ezekiel, look what he saw. He saw things he couldn't even hardly describe. He saw creatures he'd never seen before. He didn't make light of those creatures. He was in awe of those creatures. He was amazed at what God was showing him. Could you imagine not trying, not going somewhere and somebody saying you're about to see something, but all of a sudden you're somewhere and God just opens the heavens and, and all of a sudden you're seeing something in heaven and you weren't trying to see something in heaven and you're seeing something that's so different. Does anybody see why Satan likes the counterfeit of drugs and hallucination drugs? Do you see why schizophrenia is a counterfeit? So know this, anything that God is really doing, Satan is going to work overtime to counterfeit. Satan wants to, if, if God's not the one who opens you up to this, you're, you're getting demons in your brain. I'm just telling you, you're really getting some demons in your brain. Rather, it shows up way down the road. So we, we need to get our focus off of people who are so different um, must be spiritual. I will say people can be really different and be very spiritual. I believe Bob Jones was a really strange guy, but the fruit in his life and the things he saw and the things he prophesied into being are amazing. He's still human. I'm sure there's some things he missed like everybody else. Amen. But, but there's no question he really was a seer. Amen. And, and there's others too. I'm, so we're not, we're not to focus. We're, we're, we're actually got to get free enough to enjoy God's body. Amen. Enjoy what he's doing and how he's doing it. But we need our hearts tested all the time. Examine yourself. Am I in the faith? What am I going after? You know, Lord, I want you. Holy Spirit, I only want you. And yes, I want the gifts of the Spirit. He says to ask for, for the gifts. He says to ask him to prophesy. He tells us that in his word. Amen. So we're to do that. And God's opening this church up to begin to do that. So this could be a very interesting time. 
Amen. But as someone who's walked through a lot of this, when all this was new and being introduced to the body anyway, in, in the last 20 years, I've seen so many people shipwrecked with it because they wouldn't put themselves um, to be discipled and to find people who would love, you know, could tell them, hey, you're messed up, you know, or help them to see or do deliverance or keep them grounded in the word of God. Amen. Not an experience, but grounded in the word. And so I'm really encouraging those, especially who watch everything from TV and do their own thing. Go find a church that you feel led to go to. Amen. And just see how God does what he does there. And if there's a lot of problems, it might be you. If it's not you, he's going to at least teach you how to handle it and you're going to mature in it. But God is, I'm just telling you what, God is calling his people back to church where you gather together. Amen? He's even had the Supreme Court who hasn't been really good on a lot of things, but they have backed up the church every time recently. In history, they always have. Amen? Because just like, just like when people want to move Jerusalem, God's like, nope, that's my prophecy. Don't touch it. Well, if God wants his church gathering together, I think he's saying, hey, your Zoom time is okay for something on the side. But get yourself back in church. And find a church that thinks they're essential. Because they need to be essential to training and equipping you. They need to be essential to doing deliverance and healing the brokenhearted places and, and, and anything you might need. Don't you want to be in a church where you know you can run there for help and you get it? How many have had a miracle in this church? Almost everybody. Deliverance, healing, miracles, raised from the dead. I mean, amazing miracles. Why? Because we believe God's word. We, t we, want, we want everybody to be in a church where his word is real. Amen? I'll just say this. Oh, if we put this on radio, we're going to have so much fun. Get out of a church that only teaches one little topic and get in a church that teaches the word of God. Now, they may need to bring in guest speakers for some of those teachings or show videos or whatever. Who cares? Just get some good teaching. From his whole word. Like I said, I'm the most excited right now about what, what is God doing in 2020 and 2021 that has me the most excited. It's got me into the Old Testament like I've never been so much in the Old Testament. Why is he doing that now? Because right now we're getting back into a place where we're going to see deliverers come like Moses. We're getting back to a place where we're going to see powerful, powerful prophets like Elijah. We're getting back to a place where God's trying to prepare a people. To be the end time bride who's going to do unbelievable exploits and greater things than Jesus did according to the word of God. So number one, find a church that believes that. Find a church that's going after that. Find a church that's not too um, puffed up to show videos of somebody else's teaching. That encourages you to go to other things. That encourages you, takes people. I, I doubt there's hardly ever been too many pastors who've loaded up a group of people, left their own church and 
we even close the door to go to somebody else's meeting if we heard there was a guest speaker on Sunday morning? Put the sign up. Let's all go to their church. Don't anybody try that when Robin Bullock's here. We are full house. You will not get in. You will not get in. That is sold out, sold out. All right. He keeps going about the living creatures. He talks about how they moved, what they did, how their wheels went. He says, Ezekiel 122, Now over the heads of the living creatures there was something like an expanse, shining like the color of ice, stretched forth over their heads. Under the expanse their wings were stretched out straight, one towards the other. Each had another pair covering its body. When they moved, I could hear the sound of their wings. It sounded like rushing waters. The, the, the voice of Shaddai, a um, powerful voice of an army. Wherever they stood still, they let down their wings. He said, above the expanse over their heads was something like a throne. It looked like a sapphire stone. Above the shape of the throne was a figure of human appearance. Okay, now, here he is. Think of this guy. He's just standing there. He's in exile. All of a sudden, the heavens open with his eyes. Okay, this is an open vision. This is with his eyes. He's seeing this so clearly, you guys. He can describe all that in detail. He could tell you what they all look like. He could tell you what, what, how many hands and eyes and everything. And as he keeps looking into this vision, amen, as he keeps looking into this open heaven vision, he sees, he begins to see the throne room. So he's way back going, oh my gosh, look at all these living creatures, living creatures, living creatures. He's like, you, you know, we'd all be freaking out. Amen. We've all seen so much movies and things he didn't have back then. We probably wouldn't phase most people nowadays. They put such weird stuff in movies. Right? But, so, but this, I mean, there's probably a movie, that, most of the movies I've ever seen look like really demon gross stuff. I don't see them. I don't like them. I don't watch it. But this, wouldn't it be awesome if somebody would do a really good production of these visions in the Bible? What it really looks like? We need, we need God to get a hold of um, whatever's going to take the place of Hollywood. And bring the gifted and talented and actors and musicians and, and, and script writers and all. And, and take the scriptures and bring them to life more than the B-rated movies. Amen. Thank God for the B-rated movies. But wouldn't it be awesome? They sure put that kind of money into putting out demonic stuff, don't they? We've ought to, we, anybody, I don't go to movies hardly ever. But most of you who have or watched them, you've probably seen about every demonic thing Satan has ever uh, seen in hell because he's probably put it already in the hearts of the producers and all to put it out there for you to see but you have to recognize Ezekiel lived in a time when they didn't have movies they all all they had it was their imaginations and all of a sudden his he's seeing with his eyes that all these creatures everywhere eyes everywhere just amazing as he tells it and then he sees this glass he see and then he sees the throne and then he sees one who looks like a human. Now remember, Jesus Christ had not come yet. And here's Ezekiel seeing Jesus. Now that's a vision, people. He, he, didn't, he didn't have somebody try to make him see that. Now you can read God's word and God's word can help you to see that. Amen. 
And, and he, he was just amazed. And, and you know my, my story, the little bit of I saw heaven was much smaller, but I wasn't trying it. I didn't think about it. I didn't even know there was such, I, I knew there was such a thing kind of, but when the Lord gave me that vision of my daughter in heaven, it, it's too holy. That's like I say, it's too holy to make it cheap. And, and what an awesome God. And that was, that was an open vision, which is, I don't know how rare they are, but for me, I've only had two. And both times I saw the Lord, but this time I really saw him for a long time. And, and you're just so overwhelmed. You can't believe what you're seeing. I mean, like, I can't explain. It's like, I knew I was in my body and I, unlike Paul, who didn't know if he's in his body or his body, but for, for the vision I had, I knew I was in my body. Um, but uh, all of a sudden, a real window opened on my ceiling as I was laying on the couch. And it was like, the, the feeling of it was just so different. It was like you knew something was going on that wasn't, um, natu- that wasn't of this world. Like the whole feeling of it, the music that I, I was listening to regular music. I was saying it was angelic music. It was powerful. It was just amazing. I was just, it was just amazing. And then and the, when, the, when the window opened, um, the whole time your, brain, your brain's trying to adjust to like, you know, what's happening, what's happening. And then, I, then all of a sudden I'm looking up and I'm looking like this and I see my daughter and she's beautiful. Now I just, I just got home from the funeral home and saw her dead. No, I knew she wasn't there, but they had a veil over her face because when the tree branch went through her head, it totally destroyed her face and they tried to put her back together and they didn't even get a picture and they made her look like she was 15, not seven, which I always thought, well, I know what she'll look like as a teen. And they told us, you know, don't let anybody, make sure nobody touches this lace veil over her face or it could all fall apart. And we weren't even going to do anything like this. And my dad said, Cynthia, you've got to have an open casket. And I'm so glad we did now. It was gross, but, but the truth was I got to see her beautiful face that God gave her, even though it looked like she was older. But I remember this was the night before the funeral and I didn't want to open casket for strangers or anything. So I knew in there when we closed it, I'd never see her again. So, so that same night, as I'm leaving that room, and I, and I tell my husband, I said, honey, give her to Jesus. You got to give her to Jesus and it'll break the grief. And I left the room and John was the last one in with her, her body. And I don't know what he said. And when we left there, I was so full of the joy. I prophesied over like a couple hundred people that came up to hug me, you know, and I'd have a word for them and a word for them and a word for them. And when I left, I was so full of joy that I literally looked up to the, to the I saw the moon and all in the, in the, in the sky. And my in-laws, who I don't believe were, they weren't saved, they got saved at the funeral. 
they were behind me. And I just said, I just said, I'm so full of joy. I had never felt so much joy in my life. Joy is not happy. Joy is a fullness of God and, and a peace that passes understanding. So when you really see what God did and we don't cheapen the things of God, I'm over people cheapening the things of God. And so when, when I see what God did, think about it. Now it's the funeral's the next day. So somewhere from seeing her like that and closing, knowing they're closing the coffin, somewhere from that point to the next morning, I go somewhere in the middle of the night. You read my book to get the details. It's been a long time. But I, I went to, I couldn't sleep. So I went out to, to the, um, the den or whatever they called them, family rooms. And all of a sudden, this wonderful God People, I didn't ask him for this. I wasn't even thinking of asking him for this. And all of a sudden, here I am looking at my daughter alive in heaven. Looking seven years old, not 15. Beautiful, beautiful with this beautiful dress and her hair was blonde when her hair was really kind of, she's born blonde, but then it was kind of turning brownish, you know. But I guess she wanted, I, maybe when we get there, we get what we originally had. Amen. <laughs> so, I don't even know what that is anymore. But, <laughs> but she's beautiful. She's beautiful. And she's so full of life. And so all I saw was heaven. All I saw of heaven was this field with all these beautiful flowers. And my eyes were mesmerized. I couldn't get my eyes off of her. And she's just happy as can be. And I saw some relatives. Well, there were a couple. I was happy they were there because I wasn't sure. And then Jesus walked out. When people act like they see him all the time and it's no big deal, there's something wrong with the church. If those angels and those creatures with all those eyes, still fall down yelling, holy, holy, holy. What makes us think that every time we see him, we're not going to be in complete awe at his beauty? God is telling me tonight, he's over the cheapening of these experiences and these encounters and the things he has for his people. We've made it like nothing because of a cheap imitation. And though some of it's been real and some of it's been holy, there's been more that hasn't been real and more that hasn't been holy that's causing mental illness because demons have gotten into the minds of people who were not supposed to go after the things they were going after because they were going after the things of God and not God. And we're gonna have to set those people free. And so when I, and I, when I saw, can I tell you the honest truth? When I saw the Lord, it was more glorious than seeing my daughter. And so when he walks on the scene and there was crowds with him, everybody was so full of joy and happy and cheering. It was just so unbelievably amazing. And then he picks her up, puts her on his shoulder, and he's smiling at her. She's smiling at him. She's happy, people. And then he just marches her around like victory, like victory. His, his daughters come home. 
He wasn't worrying about the theology behind it at that point. He just completely knew she was where she belonged. She's, she was where he paid the price for all of us to get. And then she turns and looks at me. It's the first time she made eye contact with me. And she said, Mommy, thank you for giving me to Jesus. And then she said, and she did this little giggle. And she said, Daddy gave me to Jesus too. And that's when I knew he had released her in that room. And I knew he was going to be okay. And that was it. Then it was gone. And like, oh my gosh. And, and you, 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 when it's real, you sit in this awe. You sit in this presence of God and you're like amazed at his faithfulness. You're amazed at his goodness. And he, he, he it heals everything. He just, it just, it wasn't, people say, oh, you must have needed that. People, we all need that. But it wasn't because I needed it. It's because he chose to give it to me so I can really help people know that their children are okay if they died before their moms and dad. That heaven is really real and that God is awesome and that it's a real place with real people, with real life, with real beauty. And then he had me share it at her funeral and our entire family almost got saved. I still have relatives. They're still infants. They're, they're not in mature churches at all. But always talking about it. Even, I don't even know how many years, almost 30 years later now. And it affected my entire family. And it got the grandparents saved that Lauren was praying for just a few days before she died. How amazing is God? Did God do it? Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Period. But all things work together to, for good to those who love God. How do you know it's going to work for good? To love him is to obey him, people. To love him is to obey him. It's like, oh, I love him and I had an encounter. No, if you're not obeying him, you don't love him. Up until this year, you did not love him. But now you do. And when you love him and are called to his good purpose, that's not ministry. It's a combination of, God, I love you. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to do everything you want. You, you, my life belongs to you. So, Lord, the rest of my life, I want to do what you want me to do. What do you purpose to do with the rest of my life? And that doesn't have to look hyper-spiritual. Amen. It just means if that's your heart, if that's your heart, then he's going to turn it to good. And I didn't know I was doing any of this tonight at all. At all. When I'm weak, he's strong. He cracks me up. Thank you, God. But it's so cool because if you saw my Facebook post today, it's a picture of the Indian family, Phelps and his parents and some of the, the children there holding up the book, Joy Comes in the Morning. How good is God? And so, I didn't know why God had me read Ezekiel. I'm still not sure. But I do know this. We have got to repent for ever opening up our minds to an encounter 
that God just didn't come and bring us. We want our sound minds back. So let's do that now. So Lord Jesus, I only want the Holy Spirit. I only want to be led by the Holy Spirit. Not other people's experiences. Not through jealousy or striving or competing. I only want God what you want to give me for your glory and your purposes. Forgive me, God, if I've ever made less than something that you call holy. I want everything you have from my life. I want all the spiritual blessings in the heavenlies. And I trust you, God. I trust you, Holy Spirit. I trust you, Lord Jesus, to do what you want to do in my life. And I say yes. I'm going to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And you will take care of everything that pertains to me. I want to be holy because you are holy. And the things in your kingdom are holy. I want a reverent fear for you. And the holy things of God. Forgive me, God, for playing in the things of the Spirit. But take me, Lord, into every experience, every encounter that you've already decided would be good for me and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Whoa. So I guess uh, instead of going to the next part, <laughs> I didn't get to the prophetic part. I'm going to have Karen come up. She's so happy. And I want, Karen's a seer. She sees things in the spirit. And we just never make light of those things. Amen. And, and I believe this is exciting to me because what God's doing this Tuesday night is saying we're going here. But we're going to do it holy. Amen. We're going to do it with reverence. And I'm not saying other people don't. I'm just telling you how we're going to do it. Amen. And, and we're just going to see what his word says about these things. Karen, just share one of your visions or when you've seen God. You, you have them, just whichever one you want. Or it could even be the one of the enemy and what God was showing you with that. Wow, which one? Hmm. <laughs> just pick one for tonight. I have a feeling in the next couple of weeks you'll be sharing more. <laughs> well, I remember um, there's been... Um, several really cool dreams of the Lord recently. But I remember one when I was really just really growing in the Lord, very hungry for him, not exactly knowing how to, to go after him and seriously praying for wisdom and direction. And so I had gotten this book. It was called Wisdom, and I can't remember who wrote it, but 
it was a study of wisdom, a study of the book of Proverbs. My kids were little at this time. I was searching and searching for this book. I had lost it or misplaced it or something. I could not find it. And just something in me wanted to read that book so bad and I had, you know, I just wanted, wanted that book. So um, I went to bed praying, God, please help me find that book. So that night, I really do not know if I was awake or not awake when I had this experience. But, and I don't know if it was the Lord or an angel, I have no idea. But a, a being walked into my room in the middle of the night, bright, bright being, and all I could see is bright light. And then I was laying in the bed and he reached out his hand to me to motion for me to get up so I could see his hand when it came out of the light. And so I got up out of the bed and he led me into what was at that time my girl's bedroom, took me to a bookshelf in there, pulled out a book that was a kid book, and behind that was my wisdom book. Wow. And then pushed back that book, led me back to my bed. I laid down, went, back, went to sleep, and that, you know, I just went back to sleep. So I woke up in the morning, and I went, and I just thought, oh my goodness, that was really strange. So I said, okay. I walked into my girl's room. I saw the book that the angel or whoever it was pulled out. I pulled that out. There was my book behind there. Amen. Amen. So Amen. I think God was just answering the cry of my heart and just showing me, I'm going to teach you how to go deeper in me that, you know, um, I've heard the cry of your heart, you know. Amen. Amen. Boy, such a presence of God, huh? So what we're going to do now is Karen and I are going to pray for anyone who wants an impartation. Because Paul would come and he'd say, that he'd lay hands on people and he'd give them a spiritual gift. And that was part of his calling. And so I feel like the Lord is saying that's what he wants us to do tonight. So if anyone's here, everybody doesn't have to do it. If you feel that like, you know what, I want, I want that kind of, I want that kind of impartation. I want God to stir up the gift in me of, of dreams and of visions. And, um, Let's just say visions tonight. Tonight we're talking about visions. That doesn't mean you're going to have one tomorrow. This, it's not that. It's, this is a biblical way that that is done in Scripture. In Scripture, Paul would come and he would stir up the gifts that were already in there. Okay, God already put them in there. He didn't put a gift in there. He would stir up the gifts by the anointing on him. Amen? And basically what that's saying is, okay, awaken this gift in me. Awaken this gift to me. It doesn't mean, it means whatever God wants it to mean. Amen. It, it's kind of like you're saying, yeah, yes, God. Yes, God. I, I, want, I want that gifting. Lord, I want you to, to call, to bring forth those kind of gifts in my life. Amen. Now, we, we're not making them do anything right. But I, it, it, let's put this, what if 20 of you come up and God knows five of you, he has this calling. He, he has especially Karen has a, such a seer gift and that you're going to do that and you're going to come and you're going to keep it holy. You're going to learn. You're gonna, if you're living in blatant sin, you might want to, you can still come up, but you need to get it right between you and God on your way up. Amen. But I just believe that 
there's going to be an impartation for those who are supposed to have it stirred up. Amen. And so then we don't have to try to make it happen. But how many know we don't try to make it happen? At the same time, how many know her hunger, her hunger drew that from God. But there are scriptures about impartation and training and equipping. So let's just, I feel the Lord, that's what he wants to do. Now, if you love this teaching, then you better say you love this teaching. Then we want you to check out our web at beautyforashes.org. There is so much teaching there and there's a resource uh, library there. And also check out my Facebook page at Cindy Foster Beauty for Ashes Ministry. We'd love you to partner with us and come along for the ride into the apostolic. God bless you. 